You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Hey guys, Basic Garden here. So it is time for another episode of Rewind with Basa. Look, I've been giving you guys a lot of interviews lately and I hope that you've been enjoying every single last one of them. Today I am joined by the also beautiful Shayna Shepard to talk about her career in music, what she's been up to lately, what she has coming up next, and also just inspiring that next generation of artists to not be shy about creating their own sound, okay? We're getting into all that and more right after we do this intro. Hey, Shayna. Hey, Vesa. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank You're you. So, amazing. <laughs> so are you. Gosh. Dude. So, Yo. okay. Okay. When I saw you performing at Pure Sounds, oh. and then at the end, when you did the growl, I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> you better freaking growl! She said, ugh! <laughs> Listen, Best freaking moment girl. ever. It doesn't matter how many times that I watched it. I'd be like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I was just mad. Why were you mad? Well, I was mad because I, I just get mad. You know, I didn't get the, the part exactly right the way I wanted to. I was like, I just get in my mind like I want perfection yeah. when I'm playing that song. But sometimes that's good. You know, I'm just like, it's just real. It's just like a part of the moment. So. I'm glad sense. that you felt me. I felt that. <laughs> I'm grateful. Anytime we replay that part, I'll be like, ugh. <laughs> maybe that's why I felt it, because you really meant that. I'm going to keep it now. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep that energy. It, 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 you can feel it. And I just feel like with your music, you're able to feel whatever you were being vulnerable about that day in the studio. So can we talk about like going backwards a little bit? Right. Shayna Shepard. Before going into the big studios, before going on to like the tours, what inspired you to start doing music? I see that you grew up listening to a lot of gospel, so it definitely makes your sound make a lot of sense. Right. Uh, gospel kid. PK, basically, you know. I think when I decided to start making music, it was definitely an outlet and it was a private thing for me. I like gave up on the idea of being a a recording artist by the time I was like 11 or 12. And, but I went to college to study vocal performance thinking that I could be a teacher. Um, and then life just changed for me. I ended up having like a really bad breakup, like a crazy relationship brought me to Seattle. And then I gave up on making music by going into like the workforce. And I was working in like nonprofit work and just dedicate anybody who works in nonprofits knows. That is like your whole life if you do the whole thing. Right. Um, and so then I just found like a I wanted to do something. So I went on Craigslist and I found like a rock band that was looking for people to audition. Wait a minute, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a darn scootin' minute. This is before Craigslist was so creepy. I okay. guess it was always. <laughs> you you have to <laughs> In this day and age, you got to be like, okay, so this was back in 2008. Right. <laughs> this was okay. back in 2006 when Craigslist, you could actually go buy a laptop or a phone on there and not be worried about getting kidnapped and then It being was not sold. 2008. Oh my God, I'm not that old. Dang. Like, it was it was 2000 and... Maybe like 12? No, like 2015. So did Craigslist <laughs> just now get weird? No, it was weird then. It was so... It was always weird. But listen, when you're a girl... 
in a new city and you don't know what to do and the only thing that made sense at the time there was no like Facebook marketplace or nothing like that there was like social media hadn't had that moment yet so I was just like I don't know what to do. I'm going to try this new thing. So I looked at Craigslist. I found an apartment, looked on Craigslist. I found uh, a car, looked on Craigslist and found a dude. I'm just kidding. Not the dude part. (laughs) Just, just the band. on there too. But I found a band. (laughs) At least I used to be. (laughs) No, no, not that part. (laughs) But no, I found a band. They were looking for singers and... I came in and auditioned and I thought it was going to be this big deal. I'm like, oh, I have an audition. I practiced and stuff. And like, it was just a whole bunch of guys sitting in a warehouse drinking wow. beer. And I was like, okay. And you know, that became my first project. We had one audition and became practice. And then I kept working with them and we formed a rock band called Bear Axe. And uh, we did pretty well for a while. Right. Well, what happened? Um, The pandemic definitely mm-hmm. changed things. Uh, at the time I was very ambitious at the time when the pandemic stopped us, everything I was like, um, not focusing on my, my personal mental health. I was focusing on like being really excited about music and the possibilities of things. We were getting like a lot of, a lot of attention, uh, locally and then regionally, nationally, we were just starting to get pickups. Mm -hmm. And um, that was like a very specific Seattle sound of grunge that we were making. Um, So I was like, word, let's get in this business thing. Um, However, at the same time, my guys, uh, my friends in that band, some of them were going through personal challenges. And I think the pandemic just like really made it super hyper focused on everybody's uh, just what they were really struggling with. Me, I was struggling with my ego for sure. Um, one of our guys was just dealing with stuff at home. Another guy was dealing with stuff with what he wanted to do. He was having like an existential crisis. And so I made the decision to be like, you guys, let's just pause this. We don't, we don't know. Maybe the pandemic will end tomorrow. Who knows? Mm -hmm. It was just like such a weird time. And at the same time, I was just like, so focused on keeping up with music because I had finally found my thing. I'd finally found something that gave me joy after all of these years of feeling like I didn't know what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be. Music was like it. Um, so I was like, I'm going to keep on writing. And I'm going to keep on working independently. And um, over the time, over this time, I mean, I've gotten, we've gotten back into a great place. Me <clears throat> and my bandmates in Barracks, who knows, we might start up again one day. Um, but it's just been the past two years that I've been like, let me try to see what it looks like to be a solo artist. And what is it like to make music in a non-collaborative environment and just do it myself. And I've loved it. I've loved all of the spaces I've been able to learn in and all the people I've been able to meet. And I love just being able to make what I want to make too. Yeah. Without having to like, be like, Hey, what do you guys think of this? Right. (laughs) It's like, no, this is just what I'm feeling right now. I mean, it's hard being a girl too. It's like, you're the girl in the group and it's like, no, there's no shade or nothing, but it's like, it's just the world. It's like, hey, hey, well, I think I have an idea. So let me make sure I bring some cupcakes oh, and hell prepare no, I everybody. Know. <laughs> I'm like, now I'm over, right. You're better than me. So over But you know what? Now. I'm not even going to front. I did use, there was a point in my life where I definitely was like that to where it's like, oh, I'm the girl or, you know, right. or even like when you get a new job, you're like, I'm the newbie. Let me like be a little more cotton candy right. about my approach now I'm like look here let me tell you something let me tell you something <laughs> but the world changed you know changed quick I yeah. feel like 
Like I feel, I mean, you know, I'm 30 years old. I feel like when I was coming up, the time when I when I was like 19, 20, there was no women that looked like me that had their own voice out there like that. There was always like a team or a brand or a vibe or something specific. And there was always a sense of competition that was mm-hmm. happening. So I never thought like that's the kind of environment for me. And I feel like now there is more space for, you know, women of color that are not necessarily fitting a specific mold. People are now looking at us to say, what are you thinking about? What are you looking at? Like that is not changed because you are right. Like there definitely was a point when, you know, a lot of women that look like us really weren't in the room. We weren't being asked to be in certain spaces. Like our opinions were kind of like, okay, that's cute. You know what I mean? It like almost didn't really matter what we said, but it somehow came off quote unquote angry or combative and it's like no child like I literally just said what you just said two seconds ago but mm-hmm. now it's like not- I love to play play, play parent <laughs> play parent you know what I just had a great hand and I am the best person <laughs> to do that because let me tell you something I done read 48 Laws of Power three times maybe ah, before she's and, a boss and I've read Artist of Jack Shane and the whole field look let me tell you something I didn't get here by just yes, moving ma'am. going through the motions I read some books and I started moving up in this company because hey. I'm like I'm the one to play with I, hallelujah yes. and i and i won't i don't even have to get my hands dirty yes <laughs> you're like sorry you the manicure i'm gonna let you because i'm doing hot so much sauce on your own damn shirt <laughs> <laughs> you got mustard on you bill but it be uh, like they used to be like that nowadays yeah. i'm just like no but but do you feel like um this is something that happened or at least started happening before COVID or after COVID. Because when I talked to, uh, do you know Amanda Morgan? So Amanda Morgan is the first black female lead soloist for the Pacific Northwest Ballet. Oh my gosh. Yes. Interviewed her last week. And, you know, she was talking about how after the pandemic and after all of the protests, that's when they started having more inclusion or she started seeing more people or of color and just different types being added into the PNB. And I was like, well, do you feel like this would have happened without everything that was going on? Or did you feel like that was necessary? And she said she felt it was necessary. Right. I completely agree with her. I completely agree with that. I don't think that would have happened if, I mean, the world changes. It's like all not one thing. It's like everything is a secular cycle. You know, the role, the role of the dice just so happened that the world decided to include more people's voices and perspectives because everybody felt icky and gross with the way things were. Yeah. And if that hadn't happened, the protests, I don't think that anybody would have wanted me to do anything other than park and bark for the rest of my life. It's my almost career. as if that was the first time when everyone felt the same in one moment. That was nice. Like it, like I feel like those two years we all were like linked together in some weird way it didn't matter if you were in america china or canada like we just all felt like stuck and then we were all seeing like the same videos so yeah that that would make sense right that would make a lot of sense it was nice for i mean to be a person of color wasn't that kind of nice to have that kind of unity for a second that empathy yeah it was but for a lot of white people they didn't like the way it felt so i think that changes things with time Join us this holiday season at the Fifth Avenue Theater and feel the power of love overflowing with The Whiff. Filled with soaring soul and R&B songs, it's an effervescent explosion of music, dance, and magic your whole family will love. 
ease on down the yellow brick road with Dorothy as she learns home isn't really where you live. It's who you love. The Wiz at the Fifth Avenue Theater, November 19th through December 23rd. Tickets at fifthavenue.org. Changing gears. When, when you finally went solo, did you feel like you started learning a different part of Shayna? Oh, yeah. It was like this commitment to like, this is who I am. And this is I'm going to share my true self with people. You know, there was like so much masking that I, you know, that change that we were talking about before between the pandemic and now and being able to like have a clear voice in this kind of world versus before. I felt like I was like learning how to survive my whole life around white people. Like, you know, no hate to my parents in my life. I had a beautiful, loving family and everything. It's just the world was designed if you were, you know, a black alternative kid, like growing up in like a mostly white school, like you're just like in constant, you know, social, socioeconomical survival mode. Mm -hmm. And um, when I became an adult, I was gravitating towards spaces that replicated that. Like I would be working in nonprofits that were, um, supporting mostly art stuff because that's my true passion, but mm-hmm. also not serving communities that look like me or come from the same um, home backgrounds that I did. And I always felt weird about that. And I always felt like I wasn't necessarily at my final end point. Mm. I feel like when I, even in music, you know, being in Seattle, making music in Seattle, it's a very white town too. Um, and so the things that I love the things that have come into my life are rock and roll music, you know, like, you know, kicking it with whoever, whatever they look like, but Mm -hmm. not necessarily spaces where I can celebrate this very unique part of myself, which is so integral to the way I grew up in my home and in myself and in my body, which is that I am black and feminine and have always um, gravitated towards things that celebrate black femininity in a point of privacy for myself to always have that for myself. So that was never getting shared with the people in my life other than the people that really, really knew me. So when I went solo, it was an opportunity to be like, I have to write a song. It's my job now. It's my job. It has to be true. It has to be honest. It has to be something I can stand on with the lights on or off. And Mm. that was And that's a big thing with the lights on or off. Like it's one thing. Like, I don't know, for me, like sometimes with the lights out, that's when like things can be a little darker for me because that's when I really, it's like that shadow side that they talk about that you Mm -hmm. really have to deal with. I love my shadow side. My shadow side is a lot, man. Yeah, I feel you. (laughs) She can't, like we can't let her like own, like take the reins. But I like like hanging out with her sometimes because she sees things that I can't always see in my light. Yeah. It's she still has like every piece of perception that I have and she can see it from points of pain that are never going to go away even as I heal. Mm. So it's cool. And I just, you know, I like write. I like writing from that side. And it's like a nice point to share with people like, yeah, I work hard and I'm sunshiny and optimistic and I'll be your auntie if you need me to be even though I'm like way younger than you. But at the same time, this is what I really think. And this is how I'm seeing the world right now. And I feel really grateful to have that opportunity to share people i love that now tell me this how did you learn how to play piano like youtube who taught- <laughs> shut up youtube is great what? i love youtube yes i mean i've i've definitely gotten better than i was when i started oh my god <laughs> when i started i was just like barely being able to play like kumbaya my lord or like you know 
I mean, I was like in college to study music and I couldn't pass the piano test. I just was so intimidated by the instrument because yeah. you just so being surrounded. It's a lot of buttons. Right. It's a lot of buttons <laughs> at church. Everybody was slaying at church. You know how that, that is. Yeah. Those guys are monsters playing. Yeah. And then like in school, people were just like hanging out with Chopin and stuff on the keys. So I was like, yeah, that's not me. I'm just going to be a good singer, you know? Yeah. And then the pandemic happened and the, I couldn't make any music at all but i had like a keyboard uh in my house so i just kept practicing on it every day for like three years <laughs> now what's also dope about that is one of your inspirations is nina simone mm-hmm. and she also played in piano if i'm not mistaken i feel yeah, like she did she, I, think I, I think i heard that once or twice yeah. i feel like i seen like, no I, nina simone is like one of the most virtuosic piano players over time yeah i was like i feel like i saw her doing that in the documentary like i first learned about her when i was just doing like a bunch of like documentaries on like netflix and then i found her on netflix and i was like i like her <laughs> <laughs> i like and she her. was crazy though and i she love was it. a little crazy but i love it she was herself unapologetic like she didn't care you know what i mean right um what was the first thing that made you fall in love with nina simone um i listened to sinner man her song sinner man and uh, it was like a gospel song, but it's like a secular gospel song. But it kind of made its way into my house mm-hmm. somehow. Very religious house. And then um, one day I found the Jeff Buckley record and I heard him do uh, a version of her song, Lilac Wine. I found it in the library when I was growing up. And um, then somebody told me at church, like, that's not even his song. It's actually Nina Simone's song. And then I listened to her version and I was like, word, let me... That was one of the first songs I ever learned on the piano. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> now, okay, I know that you went on tour, I want to say last year, but you, you're mm-hmm. still on tour right now and you're like finishing up your tour tomorrow. Tomorrow's your last show. Is I that feel like I'm done. I mean, I'm home now. Yeah, Tomorrow's my last show. <laughs> you're like, it's I'm going like, to relax for a little bit. <laughs> it's going to be the stretch. Like, Well, no, there's no relaxing, but I mean, it'll be, I mean I'll take a day off or something. But the, yeah, I'm done with being on the road. Um, and that was a long one, but it was really fun. What would you say that you learned differently about this tour than your last tour with the band? So very much. Number one, it is very uneconomical to be an artist without a label. Mm. I learned that it is so important to build really great relationships with people all over the world, if that's your calling. Mm -hmm. It is my calling to do that. If it wasn't my calling, I wouldn't be touring. Because I think it's important to, instead of being like, hey, listen, look at this, look at this, look at me, Mm -hmm. to be like, hey, I would love to share this with you in your community. Would you like to have a space where we can share stories together? Yeah. And finding those people that really connect with you and really vibe with what you're doing. And more importantly, that you vibe with them mm-hmm. to bring your stuff to them. That's the important part of going on a tour. And I think the first time I went out, out I did it like fully, solely independently funded. We raised thousands of dollars. So we raised so much money to bring um, a, a show to like South by Southwest and like a lot of major festivals. And then a lot of stops on in between. Mm-hmm. And that show was great, but it was a show and not necessarily like who I am as an artist. It's who I am as a business person. Mm. And so I think that this time going on the road with just Mike Piano 
and joining um, a bill with a really respected artist, songwriter, and being like, hey, I would like to share with you guys my songs. Mm-hmm. I want to be here because I love this guy's music and I love these these music, these artist spaces that you guys have created. And I'd love you to hear my songs. And it's just that chill. Yeah. And I had a great time. I learned so much. I came home in the in the green. Um, and it was really wonderful and an opportunity for me to like learn what it feels like for people to just hear me out when they don't have any idea who I am mm-hmm. in some places. And then the places where they did know who I was, the love and the great the gratitude that I felt, I it's just there was nothing like it. There has to be like I've always wondered, like, you know, you watch concerts or even go to concerts. Like when I was at the Lizzo concert and I saw everyone singing her music and I'm like, what does that feel like to be on stage and know that you went in the booth, poured out your heart <laughs> and just probably even cried while you were in the booth. And then you look out in the audience and people are singing your music. Like, what does that feel like? It is so whole. It yeah. feels whole. It's like all of that work was not just for you. It's like, oh, I did this for somebody that I love who I don't know. And I mean, I'm just like that. I can follow people I don't know all the time. I mean, we all do. Yeah. Some people we don't know. And it's just like, uh, thank you. It just feels like so, I feel so gra- like grateful that people took their time to share their hearts with me in that moment, listening to the record, that it, it was all worth it for that moment. Now, okay. So you ended up, or who was it? There was someone that said, uh, 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 I wrote it down somewhere. Maybe I didn't write it down anywhere. I seen something where they called you like the queen of, oh, wait a minute. I like where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) It was like soul grunge or something like that. Oh, God. It's like queen of soul grunge. Soul grunge. Yeah, like, and I'm it's not it. the first time that I've, like, Googled your name and I've seen someone say, like, soul grunge. Yo, people love to tell you who you and are. And I'm like, they? what? <laughs> like, what does that mean? So, like, if, if if somebody were to be like, oh, my God, this is the queen of soul grunge, like, what would that mean to you? Like, does that even make sense to you as, like, what your style is? Uh, just yeah, because I feel absolutely. like people will give you labels. Sometimes you're like, oh, maybe that, I, just, I don't even want this. I don't even want a title. You know what I mean? I just <laughs> I want mean, to is do. Soul, is soul grunge even a thing yet? I don't know. But I definitely, if that's a thing, I'll take it. I love that. There's so many, there's this artist, Tate, uh-huh. who's like amazing. I'd call them the queen of soul grunge. Uh-huh. But um, I mean, also Liv is so amazing. Um, Liv Thomas incredible there's a lot of black women making rock and roll music like there always has been yeah and it's just like people get distracted with like uh people love to distract you from the fact that black women have been always been making rock and roll music it's actually not that crazy of a transition to go from singing in a gospel choir at church to playing with live musicians and live artists and then start integrating like angry rock and roll sounds and then tell your story it's a great idea for anybody who's listening to it this. sounds like therapy to they, me every, it is it surely <laughs> is um but i mean yeah i definitely would consider myself a rock and roll artist and i would also consider myself a soul artist so let's go <laughs> and you know like and i remember i was telling you 
I think I was talking to you about this at Pure Sounds, but I just feel like Seattle doesn't really have a sound and it's like full of a lot of right, artists were, that, mm-hmm. yeah, like everyone creates their own It's like a vibe. Pinterest of like, right. It's like everybody's making their own vibe. It's like that individuality. Yeah. Which is like, oh my gosh. What I don't love is like the the energy of like, oh, that's individualistic. That's special and unique. Let's brand it. I don't love yeah. that. Because I feel like that's when we get into a point where we start limiting what people can do like in Los Angeles I mean I just was traveling LA New York Chicago Texas they don't do that they allow people to continue to grow with their artistry and a lot of those places also like expect you to Mm -hmm. grow to change to keep listening to things Mm -hmm. to keep uh, just get bigger get better get get harder it doesn't always have to be bigger better harder but whatever growth looks like in Seattle it would be great to have people focus on that because nobody wants to make the same record over and over and over no again. facts at least i mean at least they're if they're good at it they're gonna want to do some other stuff i wonder if people do that because people are always saying or at least i'm always hearing someone say seattle doesn't have its own sound mm-hmm. Seattle doesn't have its own sound and so i feel like sometimes when people find one that they really like they want to brand it mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like Seattle isn't supposed to have its own sound. Mm. Like, this is one of those cities where, from what I've heard, you know, back in the day, a lot of black people came up here from down south to start over. And even to this day, people come here to start over. And then you have all these people coming here from all over the country and all over the world because they Mm. have tech jobs and things like that. So it ends up just being like a big melting pot here. You know what I mean? To where it's like, how can we have our own sound when a lot of the people that are here aren't even from here? Well, the thing is, a lot of people that are coming into Seattle, they want live music, but Seattle isn't really great at unifying around live music. Mm. But it's on its way. I think that back in the 90s, during the grunge movement, that there was like this huge push for that. And it was incredible. It was exceptional the way that they unified around the what was happening in the clubs, which mm-hmm. was really a Seattle sound because everybody was rocking in the clubs, making music. There were a lot of other genres that were left out of that movement but never stopped continuing to make art and make music i mean there's like an amazing live just this place is a hub for live musicians Mm -hmm. like there are incredible live artists here that make like great stuff on stage and aren't um they're not encumbered by like their references based on the brand they're making references based on the records that they listen to Mm -hmm. because it's such an introverted city People are listening to different stuff all the time and then they're making a lot of stuff that people in other places would brand as fusion. Mm -hmm. But it's like incredible. You take that and you put it with some really amazing lyrics and great poetry and you get Seattle sound, I feel like. Yeah. Which is not labeled. We have some amazing poets out here, man. Right. It's the I think it's the clouds. I was about to say, I feel like it's the weather, <laughs> man. Right. That's what I'm <laughs> it's like pulling out everybody's Sylvia Plath, honey. Yes. Like and then like, you know, especially if you live in the city, a lot of people just sit and look out their windows. All man, all you do is just kinda walk around out here and just look around. At least I do. Like I'm always well, I also smoke a lot of weed. But I'm like <laughs> I'm That's also Seattle tradition. <laughs> I'm always just kind of looking around and thinking about different stuff. So, yeah, you know, I definitely have found some of my poetry books from when I was in like fifth grade and sixth grade. What are you writing about in fifth grade? You tell me right now. I actually had a poem called I Am. And I talked about how I was the daughter and I put like my mom's full name, my dad's full name. And, you know, I wrote about what I'm about and what I think about and, you know, how I see myself. I actually read it and one time started crying. Like, it's, I don't. 
know where that came from. Oh and I was only in fifth grade, but it's a very, very deep poem. <laughs> Yo, you have a well in you. Yes, I was like, so Gordon. I was like, where did this come from? Yeah, so, yeah no, um, absolutely agree with that. A world of wonder awaits at Pacific Northwest Ballet's The Nutcracker. Treat your loved ones to the Northwest's favorite holiday tradition at Seattle Center's McCall Hall. Tickets start at $27. Visit pnb.org. Okay, so we're going to do something I like to call Nine Random Spesa. Okay. Uh, but before then, or actually, you know what? We can end with that little part. Number one, what is your favorite local spot to eat at? Farm Boy Bites. Ooh, what's that? It's a burger pop-up in White Center. Okay. It's the best burger in town by far. So you do eat meat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay, well, then shoot, let me ask you this question then also. This might not even be a part of the, the six randoms, but... FDA recently approved lab-made meat for human consumption. <laughs> Why? <laughs> They're saying that at some point it'll make it to where we don't actually have to eat animals. So my assumption is that we're running out of food and we're running out of animals because they've right. obviously been working on this for a minute. They've been working on these animals for a while. These animals are giving up. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I don't care if you guys are hungry. We are out of here. We're out. We're, we're out. You're, we're leaving you alone. Matter of fact, we're jumping on the, the ship to Mars with Elon Musk and everybody else. <laughs> we're going to Mars. Make your own bacon. I feel Grow you. Grow your own corn <laughs> at this point. So, okay. Would you try it? Like, are you down to try, like, the lab meat? Or I asked Nate Jackson this. He was like, we probably have already been yeah, eating it. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, we probably already been eating it. <laughs> impossible meat. Isn't that what that is? Yeah, but see, then I feel like, okay, if impossible meat is lab meat, then why does the lab <laughs> meat need to be FDA approved? Because then it could just be vegan food. Well, because the FDA just wants to do everything so that they can get their peace. Sorry. <laughs> I just feel like it's a whole lot of extra. I'm like, if you're going to make the meat in the lab, there's also a thing called meat glue. What is that? What is that? So, <laughs> What does that do? So basically, have you ever uh, picked up like chicken breasts, right? And it'll be like, may contain... This like, is why I don't go to Walmart. <laughs> I don't... This is why I don't do... No. The answer to your question is No. So, I'm not eating meat glue. I am not eating. But you wouldn't even know. Meat. I'm not. You wouldn't even okay, know. Okay, if, if I so don't know what it is, like, then I'm gonna. So say you have like a piece of chicken. They'll like take chicken and put it together with meat glue to make like a what new piece of chicken. What are you talking about? <laughs> why? Why? No. What is that? That's, they do it. I see. That's poor people stuff. I don't. That's I see meat. it. They were like, you can't actually even tell the difference. And sometimes you're buying it because sometimes you'll actually see on packages where it says may contain some. Who said I can't tell the difference? <laughs> Was that on the package too? She said, you won't even know. I said, let me try it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'm trying it. Apparently it tastes the same. <laughs> they made some meat glue. It was like a. Like I hate a, that. <laughs> I hate that. That's that they word. They call it meat because it like, they, that's how they stick the meat together. That's like, what would my grandma call it? She would call it a binder. Oh, my God. She said, God. Put, some, put some flour in it. <laughs> <laughs> some milk in the eggs. 
stretch it out, I guess. But yeah, no, they're saying like they be picking pieces. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I mean, I did just go to the grocery um, store and I saw like my bacon that I always get it was $15 a pound. Right. Then I thought about, should I be a vegan? And then I just paid $15. And then you look at the price of broccoli and it's not that much. Right. It's the same. It's the same. <laughs> okay. So we are trying, we're going to do our best to stay away from the meat glue. And <laughs> I'd hate yeah, that word. <laughs> what is that phrase? Meat glue. There's nothing good about that. That sounds like a rock band in Seattle. <laughs> That's a Brock fan in Seattle. For Dude, sure. when you leave, go on YouTube and type in meat glue. <laughs> I'm going to. I, no, I'm not. Actually, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to go and get me a Burger King. No, I'm going oh, to Farm Boy. Oh, my goodness. Well, shoot. Boy. You know, they said that's like, <laughs> what, horse meat or something is what Nate said. If you go to like Burger <laughs> That's... Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah, our food is jacked up. Anywho, back to six randoms with Besa. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, Portland, Besa Garden here. Look, I want to thank you all for the amazing time you showed me, Curtis Delgado, and Proof when we came out for Trap Kitchen Weekend. Not only were the performances by Jay Worthy, G Perico, Asia, Northside Tigo, Savvy, and the legendary Cool Nuts, a total vibe. Actually, a schmoodoo, if I must say. But look, the food. Can we talk about the food at Trap Kitchen? I definitely got my baller box. And honestly, you guys, kicking myself in the butt right now for not taking one home. Check out this video recap of what you missed and head on over to our link in bio to find out why Trap Kitchen Weekend made me fall back in love with music again. What is one venue that you haven't played at locally that you want to? I, you know what's crazy? I might have played every venue that's open in Seattle. Oh, what about Tacoma? Oh, I mean, there's a lot. I played Alma. I loved Alma. Almost Jazz Bones, pretty. iconic. Played there. I liked. I liked Jazz Bones. I also played. I can't remember the name of that bar. Just man, I see. I don't know. I don't know enough. Where Where should I play in Tacoma? I was at the, what is it, Spanish Ballroom. That was beautiful. So you know what yes. sucks about Tacoma? They have a lot of great things. I just don't go out there enough to know enough about it. But right. I all like when I do go out there and I hear things about it, I'm like, damn, I got to explore a little bit more. Right, I feel you. That's how I was feel too. I don't know. I love Tacoma though. Like 6th Ave, I rock with 6th Ave. I rock with South Tacoma. You know, like it's just the venues down there are so spaced out. Yeah. You know, it's like different than being in town where you're That's like, oh, it's true. like a city with like, restaurants and bars and lots of people everybody's like in their car going like you actually have to drive out there right <laughs> no you have to dr yeah you have to drive when you're there yeah like yeah um what is Shayna's love language ooh words of affirmation ooh <laughs> that's my word I like that okay if you could say anything to your seven year old self what would it be oh um You're enough just like this mm. as a child. I love that. <laughs> and then lastly, one misconception of Shayna Shepard. That I am uh, a diva. Hmm. <laughs> Where's that? Come? Well, I mean, I guess I could see that if I didn't know. I don't know. Where does I, that feel come like, from? Yeah, I feel like I'm nice. People assume that I'm not going to be warm. Huh. 
and we're inviting and, and they're or like they think that I'm gonna be um like a dragon or something. Really? I get that a lot. Like you get that thing where you somebody shakes your hand and they're like expecting something from you. Yeah. And then you see their eyes change when they're like, uh wait, you're not what I thought. Like, you know, no, I'm just a normal person. I'm just okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna bite your head off. <laughs> I'm just boring actually. Like I just like to read. Wow. And like watch really bad reality TV by myself and drink wine. Like, What's your reality so TV guilty pleasure? I can't tell you that. It's ah! bad. It's guilty. That sounds like it's on Zeus Network. Show. No, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Okay, I did try that for because I wanted to buy black. I wanted to buy black, so I tried Zeus Network, and then I and I watched Jocelyn's Cabaret. Ooh one season of it and then I came out too and I was like I feel terrible that was such negative energy in that <laughs> so I was like we're gonna but I have been watching Love and Hip Hop Atlanta <laughs> I haven't watched Again. that in a minute but I heard that the season was pretty good oh I I don't know I'm watching reruns right now oh well <laughs> we'll see that's fair that's fair alright well shoot Shayna your show's tomorrow by the time that yes. people see this you will have already had your show so hopefully you guys went to the show already <laughs> I can feel you buying tickets right now I feel you <laughs> click click clicking on Neptune.com getting ready to pull up alright in the meantime <laughs> between time um, anything coming up next that you want to share um well next I'm home and I'm so excited to just be creating I'm putting out my first debut full length album uh, this spring, um, have some music videos coming out too, and it's just gonna be great to put, just get to work putting everything together. I hope people like it. I hope people get what I'm trying to say, and you know, I really focused on being less fo less focused on being an individual and just doing something that people have never seen before, and more focused on making music that feels like myself and feels like my heart and. Um, what came out is I think something people haven't really seen before so it's gonna be kind of it's it, I'm excited to see how it's how it's uh, per perceived um, but I'm really proud of the work that we've done really really proud really honored to get to do this live this life well, shoot, I'm proud of you and I'm also proud that you're literally giving people another version of yourself on your first album. So I cannot wait till that drops. Yeah. Uh, in the <laughs> meantime, I want to thank you for pulling up to iHeart, even though it was snowing a little it bit was the other snowing. day. I'm mad. <laughs> so you took a chance coming down here, but I appreciate you. <laughs> um, you. Now, you guys, until, uh, let me get the right screen up here. I'll be messing up, child, on my sign outs lately, but it's okay. All right, we friends. <laughs> we're friends. We're friends. So, anyway, you guys, that is it for today's episode of Rewind with Baby. So, of course, until the next episode, I want you guys to have an amazing rest of your day. And of course, keep that energy high. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.